This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. We'll have two hours of advanced analysis, the X's and O's, headlines around the NBA, and breakdown of your Utah Jazz on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Ben Anderson. Andy is the managing editor of saltcityhoops.com, the true hoop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. He's also the newest beat writer for the Jazz at the Salt Lake Tribune. That's true. Andy, congratulations. Thank you. Find him on Twitter at Andy B. Larson. Find me on Twitter at Ben's Hoops. I'm the co-host of Gunther and Ben, Monday through Friday, right here on ESPN 700, 2 through 6. Uh, Andy, I mean, uh, you've done a lot of radio lately, and we've talked to you, and you've written about it uh, on your own personal website. You've also tweeted about it, but you want to give us a a breakdown really quickly on uh, the move from KSL to the trip. Yeah, I mean, it it sucks because I'm like, KSL was somewhere where I, you know, they gave me my shot, and I, I loved working there, and it was awesome, but... I grew up reading the Salt Lake Tribune. It's obviously, you know, the the most respected name in the market, um, and you know, and I think uh, nationally too. There's that big voice. You know, they won a, a freaking Pulitzer Prize last year, right? Like that's kind of the level of journalism and reporting that the Salt Lake Tribune is known for. So that's I'm what kind it of said, what was the headline? We won a freaking Pulitzer. <laughs> what a freaking like, Pulitzer. Like that's really pretty awesome. So um, I'm really excited to be able to join there. I, they've they've hired me to keep doing Andy things so that, you know, we're still going to have the triple team, still going to bring the stats, analysis, insights, um, videos, all that kind of stuff that you're kind of used to from, from me at this point, but then just add a, a new platform on at uh, sltrib.com and, you know, in, in the Salt Lake Tribune newspaper as well. So exciting. Uh, we still get to get Andy's normal breakdowns. You do a lot of visual breakdowns yeah. on, uh, on ksl.com, so you can do that at sltrib.com, so that doesn't translate to the paper, but just means you have two different options. Exactly. So yeah, you you want the videos and whatnot. You you go to the website and there's kind of a pared down or you know a version of it that makes sense in in the paper. Uh, we didn't talk about the summer league very much. And again, if you've got questions, generally how we run the show, we'll take questions. That's what we do first and foremost. We'll do it through an entire show. If you've got questions for an entire show, we're happy to answer those. At Andy B Larson on Twitter. At Ben's Hoops. You've got thoughts about the Jazz. You got thoughts about the off season summer league. The rest of the NBA will gladly take those. Otherwise, we we obviously set up a uh, set up a game plan and uh, what we want to do with the show, and we're we're happy to do that as well. Do you have any questions, Andy? I do not yet. Okay, uh, so uh, feel free to tweet into us, uh, and we would love to uh, answer those for you. You can also give us a call eight seven seven three five three zero seven hundred. Uh, let's start with Summer League. We're a, a little bit behind on that, but yeah. you, we were both unable to do it last Thursday, or one of us was able to un- unable to do it last right. Thursday. I think I was. So uh, let's break down what we saw from Summer League. We were both in Las Vegas. You were down there a little bit longer. We had Utah Jazz Summer League as well. What were your thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously your the thoughts first go to uh, how well Grayson Allen and sure. Tony Bradley did, right? right. Cause they're, the, they're the ones on the roster next year. I guess George Yang as well. Um, and I think, I guess, okay, let's talk about Grayson Allen first. Grayson both impressed me and depressed me. Okay. Uh, first of all, I was very impressed with his secondary skills. So his ability to find loose balls and get rebounds, uh, his ability to set up his teammates for open shots. Uh, and honestly, I thought his defense was pretty solid throughout. Uh, yep. His on-ball defense was better than I thought. His off-ball defense needed some work, but I'm not that worried about off-ball defense in summer league. Sure. 
the shooting percentages were really bad. Really bad. Yep. Uh, he shot only thirty percent, in fact, over the course of the six or the four games he played in, um, and, and took a ton of shots. You know, I, right. I don't. I think that's enough that you have a reasonable sample size. Nineteen of sixty-three. Uh, you know, was maybe you write off the twenty-two percent from three-point range because you know you think Grayson Allen's probably a better shooter than that long-term from deep. But what was worrying to me was how many shots he missed from inside the arc, and in particular, how often his shot got blocked at the rim because uh, he had no idea how to generate open space for himself uh, at the rim or really even mid-range. His shots weren't very good. So um, that needs to change, and if not, you know, you can be a you can be a rebounds and assists guy, but you can't shoot 30%. You know? Yeah, you can't get on the floor if you if you shoot that poorly, you know, Yeah, uh, and that's going to be an issue for him. And when he gets to the NBA, honestly, he's just not going to have the ball in his hands very much. Right. So those Which, secondary options aren't going – those secondary skills probably won't be as prevalent because he needs to just be open and hit open shots when he gets them. Yeah. And, you know, I, that means he'll get easier shots, so you you, you expect the, the shooting percentage to go up. But, uh, yeah, I, I think clearly – and I think he'll be a secondary playmaker a little bit. You know, I, I don't know that he'll just be in the corner just taking threes. You know, even a guy like Joe Ingles, you know, the Jazz rely on a lot for playmaking – um, even someone like Jonas Jerebko, he ends up driving more than you would think. So uh, to me, I think Grayson, uh, not a terrible summer league. You know, I, I don't think it was as bad as like Trey Burks was sure. three, four years ago, I guess now. Um, but I, I don't know that it was incredibly encouraging. Let's do an exercise. I meant to do this a long time ago, and I just okay, haven't go. done it. Uh, let's go through, and I've got the NBA draft board pulled up, so you don't need to worry about it. I've also got Real GM. If you're ever looking for Summer League stance, Real GM has all of the Summer League stats, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Let's just go guards drafted in the first round and look at their shooting percentages okay. and see if they were all bad, and if that makes you feel better about Grayson Allen. We'll just go with the top guard selected, and of course, we know he shot bad because that was Trey Young. Yeah. Um, he improved as he played through Summer League, though, and he I kind of like what Atlanta did with allowing him to struggle, uh, not allowing him to struggle, but keep playing him at the end of Summer League where Grayson uh, you know, didn't play the last three games. Um, I would have liked to see him play more often and kind of see if he could play through it. But, um, yeah, Trey Young did not look good, certainly not in the Utah Jazz Summer League where he looked awful. And but. I apologize. I'm trying to pull up this name now, and it's just being a little bit slow for me here. I can qualify this just as rookies. See, I'm being dumb here. <laughs> trying to figure out how to do this. You're good. And now it's telling me there's only one player. No, there's only one rookie summer only leaguer. One rookie. Now I'm on number two hundred and one. Uh, so when you look <laughs> at Trey Young, and again, that was something we saw early here in Salt Lake, was he just shot the ball so poorly and had basically the exact same issues that that we saw from Grayson Allen. Yeah. I mean, it didn't matter if he got into the paint. It didn't matter. I mean, he he looked good passing the ball. Everyone knew he could kind of pass the ball, and still, once he got there, he was really bad. I do not know why Trey Young's names are not just fine coming up on here at all. Uh, but but he struggled to shoot the ball, uh, and and I know that was an issue for them. And Atlanta was worried about it. And when he wasn't able to play that way or shoot the ball well, that was something Atlanta fans were worried about. And I think that's something that it is fair to do. And I'm more worried about it with the guy who was drafted number five overall. Agreed. Like if Trey Young's a bust, it's worse for them than if okay, Grayson Allen is a bust. Finally found it. Trey Young shot 38 percent from the floor and 38 percent from the three point line. Okay, overall, that includes both Jazz and Vegas. This summer is league? all summer league games. Cool. If I'm correct here, even though it says it says all summer league stats, and uh, it does say he played only four games. I wonder if he played more than that, but there's a chance he didn't play more than that. I thought he did, though. I mean, he played three in Salt Lake, right? And then did he only play one in 
I, I thought he played more than that in Vegas. I agree. I thought he did as well. But uh, this is all summer league stats here, and that's all they're showing me. So they've got four games here for Trey Young, and, and that's how many he played. Uh, let's go to the next. So his shooting numbers were not good. Now, 38%, 38% is better than what you saw from Grayson Allen. Right. It's also worth noting that Trey Young is a shooter. That's his job. That's what he's coming in to do. He needs to be able to shoot. Okay, let's go down to uh, Colin Sexton. So let me pull up uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers here and look at Sexton. Sexton actually was better than I was anticipating him to play. Colin Sexton actually put up some good minutes, I thought. Cleveland made a run so far. Uh, He shot 43% from the floor, which is okay. He shot 23% from the three-point line. So he shot down That's fine. Like, you know, 23%. I'm not that worried about the three-point stats, right? Because Sexton was three for 13, right? So if he goes five for 13 instead, it looks good. Um. Yeah. So I, to me, I thought Colin Sexton's summer league was fine. I, you know, I got a chance to watch one of his games in Vegas. Um, it, he was what we thought. He's a good defensive player. He's a big I, body. Obviously, his ability to score. He averaged twenty points a game. I, I thought he got to the rim uh, pretty well. You know, like nothing crazy. He didn't dominate, but it was it was pretty promising. Dante Divincenzo. Now, Divincenzo only actually played in two games. Yeah. Now they've got zero. He made no shots. So he shot zero and zero. So that doesn't. Let's not even look at Dante Divincenzo. He didn't make a single basket while he was playing. He did average four shots a game, so he did take four, and he averaged three and a half three point attempts, and he didn't make any of those either. So Dante Divincenzo had the worst summer league of anyone. (laughs) Now he was still trying to come back uh, from an injury that he was dealing with from uh, earlier in summer league. Uh, The next player drafted was. Uh, well, what about like Lonnie Walker or uh, Shea Alexander? That's where we're going. I'm just going in order of how the the. Uh, oh, you're going by team. I'm going. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I did skip over Shea Gildas Alexander. Let's go to that. I'm happy to go to the Clippers because we can look at Jerome Robinson there in that sense as well. Uh, the Clippers guards this year at Summer League, their rookies, Shea Gildas Alexander shot 45% from the free th- or from the. Uh, from the floor and twenty five percent from the three point line. He looked good. He looked He's very his, good. His NBA body it was was clear. Uh, I I think he uh, he he approached the draft process so interestingly because he didn't work out for anybody, right? And it was kind of clear that he had some sort of promise or some some landing spot that he was happy with ending up at. Uh, and it seems like he is a maybe a better prospect than we thought because of he didn't have that chance to really build much uh, much hype around him. Jerome Robinson shot 44% from the floor and 37% from the three-point line. So he shot well. Those are NBA-quality shooting yeah. numbers from a guard. If you can do that, you're going to be in good shape. Uh, yeah, let's look at Lonnie Walker now. And I know Lonnie Walker shot the ball poorly at San Antonio. And again, was another guy who kind of one of the things he was drafted was he's a great athlete, and when his shot is on, he, he looks really good. When it was good at Miami, right. he looked really good. What you got from Lonnie Walker was 34% from the floor, 27% from the three-point line. So again, really low numbers. And now this gets a little crazy because pretty much it was only guards drafted once you get down to a guy like uh, Grace Nell. Here, Let's look at Josh Okogie. That was a guy who I really liked. Uh, I'm curious not to see his well. numbers. I mean, that's the thing. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. Just these guards are not used to playing at this level yet. Yeah. They're not used to the long three-point line. They're not used to the size of the shot blockers once they get down low. Josh Okogie shot 29% from the floor and 15% from the three-point line. Uh, and the other guy who wasn't good, although he looked better than he shot, I guess, uh, was my guy Ali Kobo, who I wanted the Jazz to draft. And he shot only 23% in four games uh, and was 16% from the three-point line. So you're right. Like This is a harder transition, and I, we should probably give more credit to guys like Colin Sexton and Gay, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander yep. for for when they succeed. Aaron Holiday's a very good shooter. Was great at uh, UCLA last year. Thirty four percent from the floor, twenty nine percent from the three point line. Again, I just I'm looking at these guys. I don't. Okay. Nothing I saw 
worries me about what I saw from from Grayson Allen when it comes to shooting. Now, he was getting 17 shots a game. Again, I think that's crazy. He's yeah. not going to be getting 17 shots yeah. a game. Look, I'm not worried about his outside shooting. I'm saying, you know, if he can't ever get to the rim sure. uh, and, and get a shot off, then that's going to be a that's going to be a limitation. Yeah, it's a you know, that, that doesn't mean you're not an NBA player. That just, you know, he's got a he's either got to be figure out and and learn what I call the Joe Ingles layup package, sure. which is, you know, using your body, using long arms and and finishing uh with your with your size or you know, he's not going to finish at the rim and there are plenty of NBA players who are not rim threats. You know, like Howell Neto, Rodney Hood, you know, like and while those guys are not stars by any means, they're they're contributors. Uh, and, and that's okay. I mean, Grayson Allen's not a star. I, I understand that the Jazz have had success drafting Rudy Gobert at 27, and Rodney Hood was averaging 17 points a game before he got traded this year and was drafted, what, 24 overall or whatever it was. Jazz have had success drafting in the 20s. I, I think Grayson Allen actually showed me enough that I don't think he's going to be a bust. But, yeah, he's got to find a way to hit those shots. That was a good exercise, though, to go through those guards and kind of figure out. Ooh. Sorry that that was just painfully boring radio. I'm sure it was. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I do want Jazz fans to get a sense of that as well because I'm sure – we are not the only ones who have looked at his shooting numbers and thought, he's the only one. Because, I mean, that's what you're tuning in for. How many people didn't watch those last three Jazz games in Vegas, even though it was part of a tournament, right. because Grayson Allen wasn't playing? I mean, everyone was asking on Twitter, is Grayson playing tonight? Is Grayson playing tonight? And the Jazz obviously weren't going to announce it until basically game time Yeah, for a lot of them. That's all you want to see. And I thought he saw, I saw enough elsewhere that made me feel good. And, in fact, I loved his dunks in the half court. Now, everyone likes dunks because dunks are cool and it makes you dunks feel like great. you've got a superstar player. But he actually showed them in some situations which he never showed them at Duke. He dunked in some spots that he never dunked at Duke, which made me think, okay, you get him a little bit of space, you get him some athleticism, you get him a little bit stronger, get his legs stronger, get his core stronger. He'll put on good weight. He'll probably lose a bunch of bad weight and put on some good weight. And all of a sudden he's a guy who has a little bit more pop yeah. once he gets into the paint. And that is how you become a better finisher at the rim. That is one of not dunking everything, but just being able to get above people, getting up quicker than people. That's how you draw fouls. That's how you get to the foul line. Those are little things he can do. Agreed. And you know, look, I, I was relatively skeptical about Grayson Allen coming in. I, you know, I, I think I was pretty clear about uh, that. I it was not the guy when when I look at the the statistics, statistical analysis of him being kind of the the fifty fourth ranked prospect, or maybe it was forty fifth uh, ranked prospect in his class. Uh, you know, I thought that the Jazz could have done better with the selection. That being said, uh, and, and I, I don't know that the what we saw in summer league really dissuades me of that in either direction. But it is more information, kind of, of what his NBA uh, profile will look like, and what uh, especially it is that he needs to work on over the next few months. And I and I hope he takes on that challenge more than other players who um, you know have struggled with that in the past. I'm I'm looking at you, Trey Lyles. And it's more concerning because. His shooting numbers are concerning because the Jazz don't have shooters already in the backcourt. So if yeah. you know if you had four great shooters in the backcourt already, and Grayson Allen could fit in as the one non-shooter, and you thought, yeah, but he does these other things well, right. that would make some sense. They just don't have those other shooters. Dante's right. not a shooter. Ricky's, Ricky's not, not a, a shooter. shooter. Donovan can shoot, but he shot. You know, his percentages aren't. Great. His percentages are terrible. He does shoot. But it's no, the old Jerry terrible. Sloan. It's the old Jerry Sloan. Yeah, we, we need makers. We don't need shooters. Everyone wants to shoot, but you need makers. No, Dante's shooting percent, or, or Donovan's three-point shooting was pretty rough last 34%. year. 34%. It's fine. It's enough as a rookie to give you encouragement that he'll get up to 38. And I don't think either you or I doubt that Donovan Mitchell's going to be a very good shooter at some point. But it wouldn't surprise me if he's 36% next year. Okay. And that's not exact For a guy who takes 10 threes a game willingly and has a couple of times, I, 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 that's not quite the guy you love doing that. 
Yeah. He did it in the playoffs, I think, once or twice, right? He had he did have a one did he have two one for twenty nights. What did Dame shoot in from three last year? Oh yeah. Well Dame's not a great shooter. That's a myth. Yeah. Dame no, like, not a great shooter. Uh, he is a great shooter. Thirty six percent. Thirty six percent. Yeah. Right. Thirty six percent. Right. Right. He's not he's not a great shooter. He is a good shooter. Like he's, he's a good shooter, yeah. He's not a great shooter though. Being able to take the shots that I agree he with does, you. I agree with you. Being a prolific shooter is really important. Like taking the shots that he does at thirty six percent helps a ton more than like Joe Ingles at forty five. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. That's all I'm saying. I agree with you. And uh I think Grayson's gonna be okay. I, I I if I'm a jazz fan and I hated Grayson Allen, that's the other part. If I hated Grayson Allen when you drafted him, I would have a hard time still hating him walking away from what I saw at Summer League. Most people A hated him because of who he was at Duke, not what he did at Duke, but who he was. Yeah. And there were some things that you probably watched at Duke and didn't see what you wanted to see. Because sometimes he would disappear for long stretches. You saw, if you watched all those games at Summer League, how, how he impacts games. Yeah. Even, he just gets in people's heads, and that's okay. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. No, I, don't, I, I think that, that probably helps you. Uh, I, I'm more curious. Again, it's, he's, that's not enough to stay on the floor, right? Yeah. Like you gotta, and you, you got to actually have the, the skills. You don't need him this year. Agreed. That's another Agreed. thing. Agreed. Yeah. has absolutely no need for him this year. He'll be the, he'll be the fifth guy. Uh, uh, we got a couple questions. Okay, let's do it. Um, first of all, from Giorgio Spinias, our Greek fan. Is the Jazz a top four West team? On paper. Yeah, this is something Tony and I talked a little bit about on the, the weekly run. Oh, uh, this is a one podcast. One promo podcast. <laughs> no, you're good. Promo whatever you want. Uh, you guys have the podcast. They've done it do. the trip, but now Aaron's gone. Gooner's gone. So you stepped in, yeah. and that's a that's a good trade. Uh, I like both those guys, but you're a good trade. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, I like Aaron and, and Kyle better, but, you know. Okay. No, <laughs> I, think, I think our coverage is going to be great. It's Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I think they are. I think the Jazz are a top four West team pretty easily. Oh, I don't I know about that. Yeah, okay. I mean, they weren't last year. They sure it wasn't easy, but they were tied for fourth, right? They, like, they were tied for fourth, right? Okay. So now, did they finish fourth? I guess not because of the tiebreakers, but you know they were tied for fourth. I'm not sure. that upset about it. Who? So are you putting who are you putting above the Jazz? Here's my problem, and again, some of this we have to just see what happens when we get sure. on the floor. Here's my problem, and again, there have been so many people, and I wrote about it at KSL last Monday. Not doing anything isn't always a great sign. No, it's not. Even if you don't have to do anything, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. The Jazz didn't have to do anything this summer, and that's what they did. Right. They didn't have to do anything, and that's what they did. Let me, again, just go through the records because, again, we forget because the Jazz made the second round of the playoffs, or we forget because they won their first round, and I know that's basically the same thing, but because they did win a first-round matchup. Sure. Uh, Because they did... End up making the playoffs. Let's go over the, the records again really quick. Outliers, Houston and Golden State. Houston won 65 games. Golden State won 58. Okay, outliers. That's fine. Portland won 49. Oklahoma and the Jazz won 48, as did New Orleans. So they were also tied for six. As much as they were tied for fourth, they were also tied for six. Sure. San Antonio won 47, as did Minnesota. Yep. The Jazz won one more game than the teams that were in the eight, the seventh and eighth spot. Sure, okay. They won one more game. Which and of the those team teams... that missed the playoffs, the Nuggets, won 46 games. Sure. It was two games. Right. Which of those teams had better off-seasons than the Utah Jazz? Okay, and I think that's a fine question. You lose Boogie Cousins, does that help you or hurt you? Probably hurts you. Maybe. You replaced you only had Boogie him for Cousins half the season. Julius Randle. And this goes back to the question. Is Ricky Rubio, who's less talented than George Hill for 75 games, better than George Hill for 50? I, I don't know. So is Julius Randle <laughs> for 75 sure. games or 80 games okay, but better then they than also DeMarcus Cousins Rondo. for 40? And they did lose Rondo, and that's a, and th- now, that hurts. Now you're relying on Frank Jackson. Right. 
and he got hurt at summer right. league too, which was not which was so not like, super encouraging. So they got worse. Probably. Yeah, New Orleans probably got worse. Here, let me pull up their offseason. Can we can talk about this because this is one of the uh examples we want to do. Actually, we need let's do this, but okay. I we need to do it during a longer okay. segment. I don't want to start this before. So Georgios, we're gonna get back to your question. Yeah. We are gonna go team by team in the West and look at what they added and what they lost and determine whether or not they got better. Okay, let's do a quicker question then we let's do it. Uh Chris Cocher hands at Jazz Hoops Life. Asks, uh, Boogie Cousins, come playoff time, how big or little of an impact will he have for the Warriors? I don't I don't know. It's the 18th float at the parade. I want to see the first <laughs> five, and I want to see Santa Claus at he's, the end. He's one of the first five. He's, he's an all-star center. Look. Okay. Yeah, but you've got KD, who's worth four floats by himself. <laughs> and you've got Steph, who's another four floats. And you've got a three-float yeah. guy Look, in uh, in in uh, Clay Thompson. And Draymond's another right. three-float like, guy. With or without him, they will win care. the title. Yeah, I, I hate and I hate being so dismissive of the Warriors. I just really don't care. I, oh, I, I don't I, care about Boogie Perry. I think it's interesting. I didn't care about him in Sacramento. Why not? I don't care about him here. Because I don't think he actually does that much to help your team. I think he's really prolific. I actually do think there's just as big a chance that he's a headache that they figure Agreed. out how to find minutes for that it doesn't matter. But which it is is kind of interesting, except for in a game sense. Right. If your body's rid- riddled with cancer and you've got three days left and someone says, oh, also you have colon cancer. Okay, but do you care? at Jazz Hoops Life. Do you care? <laughs> Uh, does not have colon cancer. That's what I'm saying, though. The 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 Warriors have good cancer. Okay, but what? And then they added another. What's interesting to me? Whatever cancer they have to good it. Cancer. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, what? What gets me about Boogie is not so much next year because I agree they'll have the talent. But if Kevin Durant leaves, if Clay Thompson leaves, if Draymond Green leaves, Clay is an, as a free agent in 2019. Draymond, uh, I believe, in 2020, and then Kevin Durant will also be in 2019. And I think is actually, mm, it, it's very possible he leaves the Golden State situation. Uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Hmm. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, Boogie Cousins is your third All Star or whatever, and then does that matter? Uh, well, yeah, because you lost Kevin Durant. Okay, but until then, you're not worrying about matter. it. Right. No, like, like right again, we're talking about exactly. the pathway for the Jazz to be right. Like in the, the actual... colon cancer doesn't matter until I've cured my bone Disagree. cancer and my leukemia. The colon once cancer matters those, the whole time. Once I lose those, then I'm worried about the colon cancer. <laughs> But uh, the no. leukemia and the bone cancer I have are far more significant. I'm if I've only got all five of them days the to whole live. time. That's <laughs> where we're different. I think that's uh, hey, honestly Boogie Cousins. Come playoff time, how big of a little impact does he make for signing on the Warriors? There's nobody close to the Warriors right now. Yeah. There's nobody close. Right. Agreed. And LeBron actually leaving for LA means there's even less of a team close now. Maybe, maybe when we the Celtics are better if they're at full health and they get to the finals next year, they're probably better than this Cavs team this year. I fully believe that. In fact, if they had Kyrie and they had Gordon Hayward this year, they were better than the Cavs team this year. Do you think there's a chance? Is there a chance that you think that Boogie Cousins, quote unquote, destroys the locker room or no, in some sense? But he could disrupt the motion on the floor. Okay. And I don't mean like the motion often. I'm not trying to talk about that. I'm talking about honestly just what they are so used to doing. Yeah. But there's also a good chance that he's just a big, fat Carmelo Anthony who just steps outside the three point line and hits threes and doesn't ever have to go inside the paint. Now he can, but Steve Kerr may say, you know what? We're trying to take care of that Achilles of yours. So, Boogie, just run between the three-point lines. You don't <laughs> okay. need to go down low. Play a little bit of defense, but that's fine. Play a little bit of defense down low. Be a big body. Grab a couple of rebounds and throw some outlet passes, which you can absolutely do. But don't run past the three-point line on the offensive side of the ball. Just help us space the floor. And that will help them because they needed more shooters last year, which is weird to say, but they did. They needed more shooting, okay. and they got it. 
I also, you know, I, I don't know if I would go to that because I think he can help them with something they struggled with, which is offensive and defensive rebounding. Sure. And, like, that's, I think, having him down low actually gives them what they've lacked, you know, again, so to speak. They don't have a lot of weaknesses, but anyway. Uh, that's that's our Boogie Cousins argument. He matters. He matters more on bad teams. Matters less sure. on good teams. Yeah, he matters when he's the best. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But uh, I think his... It, his, it's a very interesting variance play because, like, he, he could make the Warriors honestly an eighty-win team, or he could make them. He could he could blow it up. I bet they win. They've got, they won fifty-eight this year. I bet they win sixty-three games next year. Okay. Yeah. Great. That's that's good. Then Boogie helped, or I think they just, they just yeah try harder this year. Houston got worse or whatever. Yeah, yeah. the rest of the West got worse, so they won some games accidentally. It didn't All right, worse. It got better. We're gonna keep breaking down. Houston got better. No, the whole the Western Warriors. Conference got better. Okay, well, so we're going to talk about that. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the teams competing for the Jazz because we're going to go back to this question uh, that we like. Are the Jazz for sure a top-four team in the West? My question is, are they for sure a playoff team in the West? We'll break that down, look at the other playoff teams, see what they did in the offseason, and see what the scenario is where the Jazz make the third seed or make the ninth seed. Okay. So Salt City Hoop Show, Andy Larson, Ben Anderson, Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700, 731. Andy Larson, Ben Anderson. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. You can tweet at us. Got some questions rolling in. At Andy B. Larson. Andy's the beat writer for the Utah Jazz at the Salt Lake Tribune. You can tweet at me, at Ben's Hoops. I'm the co-host of Gunther and Ben, right here on ESPN 700, 2 to 6, Monday through Friday. Uh, Giorgio Spinias asked a good question about whether or not the Jazz are a top-four team in the West. We will get back to that. Uh, let's answer some of these other questions real quick, Andy, and then we can kind of dive through what other teams in the West have done. Yeah, uh, Brendan Whitesides on Alec Burks Island says, Was this a bad year to hold the fort? How are we going to get a third star? Lost out on Jabari. Is Alec Burks the third star? Yes, he is. Or Dante Exum? Uh, I don't think either of those guys are third stars. No. I know Alec <laughs> Burks isn't. I don't think Dante is. Uh, and and again, we'll get back into this a little bit more as far as how teams have gotten better, what the Jazz did or didn't do this offseason. Here's my one thought for the Jazz. Just because you have money in 2019 doesn't mean you shouldn't spend your money in 2018 if you thought there was a player out there who could come in and make you better. Agreed. I don't look at this year's free agency class and see any realistic options there to be the third star. Jabari is not it. I'm, like, no, I agree with you. But also, I don't think you had... And here's what actually one of the problems I had with the Jazz is I thought you could have shown that you were making a commitment to getting better more so than just internal development this offseason to see if that would be more encouraging to a free agent next offseason. Now, again, we're not talking I, to the agents. I don't know what the Jazz already have worked out. But if you can say, hey, look, we went from being... What did the Jazz win? I've got this number in front of me. 48 wins. You get up to 53 wins next year and are the third seed or are competing with Houston, which could very easily step back to that 55-56 win total sure. next year, and you were at 55 or 54, a couple behind them, which is only six games better than you were last year because you went out and gave Wayne Ellington $10 million or $7 million or guys like that yeah. that come in and help you and add shooting. I don't think that's a bad way to show that you have the momentum and to help mitigate some of those outstanding issues that you can't control on a basketball floor like injuries – that can wildly and are what wild, most wildly impacts your win total. Yeah, sure. And so you're right. Like it, the injuries, if, but I think this team is like relatively well set up to handle an injury. I agree. Beyond Donovan and, and Rudy. Sure. Right. 
And you know what? Even with Rudy, they're good because they gave Derek They've Favors a, a bunch of money. Yeah. And Derek Favors is the best. Is probably the best backup center in the NBA. Absolutely. No question about it. So you are set up very well to handle that, and I love what you have three through four. It's only two spots. I'm sorry, <laughs> three through four. But at three and four, the versatility you have with Joe, with yeah. Jay, with Tabo, you're fine. Right. You're going to be absolutely just fine there. Okay. So I don't have any doubts about that. Yeah, if you lose Donovan Mitchell, you're screwed. But, you know, if the Lakers lose LeBron, they've got no chance either. Yeah. And, and you know, one and two, uh, the point guard and shooting guard spots – I think, you know, Ricky Rubio is probably going to miss 10 games this season. Sure. And, you know, Dante Exum will have to step up. And the thing is, Dante Exum and Royce O'Neal both think that they are starting level players. Okay, so if you sign a if you sign a Wayne Ellington, let's say, to sure. take those minutes, then I don't know that you get to keep Dante Exum and Royce O'Neal. I mean, sure. you get to keep Royce, I guess, but right. you don't get to keep Dante. And so the Jazz made a bet on Dante. Now, I don't know if, you know, honestly, if you were to say, let's maximize wins for next year, you go out and sign Wayne Ellington instead yep. because Wayne Ellington you know is going to help you might right away more. They're looking, again, long-term because they, they want Dante Exum's potential to be that third star Brandon's talking about. I, I, you know what? And maybe 55% of the time that's the right move and 45% yeah. of the time the other move is the right move. I don't think the Jazz made some unforgivable mistake this offseason by not going out and spending their money. What I'm would just you have done? saying, I mean, I would have looked at things like Wayne Ellington. I would sure. have looked at things like I would have considered not re-signing Derek Favors and Dante Exum this offseason and looked at the options that that type of money would have given you. Because you moved on from Jonas Drebko, who cares? You could have moved on from Ekbe Udo, who cares? Yeah. You could have. Okay, but again, you didn't have – so if you move on from those, the, you know, the six guys that you have to wave in order sure. to open up cap space, who are you going to get? Is it is it Jabari? Is it – you're not getting Paul George? J.J. Redick? Okay. I mean, those, so, guys, uh, those guys are better. That that is the problem. Yeah, exactly. Right, JJ Redick. <laughs> like so is JJ Redick better than those six guys? Again, here's the thing: you do get to replace those guys, so you go get yeah, to sign another. All minimum contracts are which all is fine. No, it's not fine. I mean, come on, Ekbeudo. I like Ekbeudo. Ekbe is a minimum guy. Yes. He's a minimum guy. Right, and yeah, you lose Tabo, and that hurts. You also have Jay Crowder and Royce O'Neal sure. and, who, who, and who Joe Ingles. Point guard? Right, you got to go find a backup point guard, and you either have to trust that. That between Donovan Mitchell getting ten minutes a point guard at point guard every night, and then your shooting guard who's going to be a big guy now in Royce O'Neal, you got a bigger shooting guard, and Dante Exum deserves apparently twenty minutes plus a night. I mean, you can cover those minutes. I don't have any doubt the Jazz can cover those minutes. But you can't keep Dante if you're waving everybody. Correct. So Dante's gone, but right. So then you're looking at yeah other low level shooting guards, but you've got JJ Redick to be your shooting guard, right? Because sure. that's where you just spent your money. So you've got JJ Redick, and you don't have a starting power forward, and you don't have a backup point guard. But again, you do. You have Jay Crowder. I mean, he's your starting power forward. That's what you did in the playoffs, okay, anyways. And you, you won a series backup, with it. Your backup power forward is, you know, you you just you're right. setting yourself up for like so much risk there by waving those six guys. I understand that. I also think you're setting yourself up for some risk. It's not risk free to not sure. add talent to your offseason because again, if you do have this injury that is significant, that matters, which believe it or not, Rudy Gobert has gotten significantly injured in his career. Yeah. And misses games. And Donovan Mitchell missed what, two games last year? Three games last year? Sure. Odds are he's gonna miss way more than that. Like three yeah. or four times that next year. Because everyone misses ten games in the NBA okay. every year. So odds are you're gonna miss more games than that. If you get the ninth seed next year and you go into next off season where everybody has money and you're saying, but remember what we did two years ago? No one cares right, what no you cares. did two years ago. That's that's my only problem. That's my only sign of saying being risk-averse isn't being risk-free. Yeah. I, I'm and not I saying think that that's my problem with the Jazz offseason. But I'm saying, I'm saying that it is more risky to do the free agency move and get your J.J. Redick or whatever 
than it is to wait than it is to stay the and I'm not the course. And, right. And I'm not saying you're wrong. Like I said, it might be fifty five percent, forty five percent, the other. You don't have a you. Know, I, I think it's more like you know sixty five thirty five, but whatever. <laughs> sure. Like we're arguing stupid percentages. Right. If you don't, uh, to me, you're you're killing your depth, and that's the number one thing that allows you to survive through an injury, right, or two injuries, or whatever that looks like. Sure. I I. I I don't see how you can say I have a problem with the Jazz offseason because of this when actually what they did allows this to be better. Let's do this really quick. Uh, Toronto ref. Now, Toronto maybe is the exception. Uh, <laughs> honestly, right. and maybe Boston is too. You can even argue Boston is. Uh, Houston and Golden State, are they deep or are they top-heavy? Uh, this is a hard question. They're top-heavy. Houston's pretty deep. Not now. Okay, next season, yeah, not yeah. now. They, yeah, they were lucky, but yeah, they're they're top heavy. Boston's pretty deep. Golden Toronto State is top had the heavy. best bench in the league. They, correct, they did, and they are also decently top heavy because they've got two stars at the top. I mean, and Kyle Lowry actually wasn't that good last year. Yeah, Demar I don't Rosen know. Was very good. I think no, they were right. good and because they were deep. That's why I said Toronto might be the uh, exception. Boston might be too because of how well they did without Kyrie. You're right, and right? and without Gordon. Boston, without Gordon. Boston showed the depth aspect, and Boston was even better than clearly than Toronto was last year. Now, they were good regular season teams. Toronto was not a good postseason sure. team. They got swept by a not great Cavs team. Now, LeBron was brilliant, and that was awesome. Indiana is not top-heavy. They're deep. Yeah. And they gave LeBron a better run for their money than did Toronto, who, again, awesome. who has a very good bench. So my argument is just I think the best teams in the league are top-heavy, and it's always been that way. Okay, no, now we've said that the only top-heavy good team last year was the Golden State Warriors. Well, I, think, I don't think Houston was necessarily that deep either. I think they, I think they were. I, you know, I think regular season, I think they were. Then obviously Luke gets hurt a little bit, but they they used that depth, I, I thought, really well and, and sure. relied on that throughout the, the regular season. And then I, I hate to, I'm not trying to move the goalposts here. Uh, honestly, I'm not trying to move yeah, it yeah, around I, here I, to keep, not, uh, you know, not keep with my same consistent argument. But again, I think the Jazz also have depth to spare. Because right now, yeah, I think you're signing Dante Exum as a gamble of debt. He's a debt gamble, and he's only going to be depth. I mean, I don't ever see a situation where Dante Exum is a jazz starter. I honestly don't see that. I don't think he can replace Ricky Rubio next year. Okay. For what it's worth, Dante obviously disagrees. You know, like, oh, I and the Jazz clearly must the jazz disagree. disagree right? Because they like, gave him near starting level money. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I think there's a chance. I would agree with you. Like, it's more likely that he's not. But uh, I, think, I think Dante has that potential. And realistically on this team, I think both Derek Favors and Dante Exum are more valuable as depth. Agreed. But you paid him as starters. But that's okay. It was only for one year. Right. But I'm just thinking if you wanted to go out and get better and add a guy that made your team better and you wanted starting talent because right. the Jazz still need starting talent. They need to match starting lineup talent, not necessarily depth talent. When it comes to the playoffs, they're going to have to find money to do that. And this year that money went to Dante Exum and Derek Favors. It's probably okay for one year. I'm just saying if there was an opportunity to get better and you could have gotten better yeah, long- in that starting five, and I don't think that's crazy because believe it or not, teams get better in their starting fives every offseason. You could have done it. Yeah, I think long term, uh, it absolutely makes sense to sacrifice depth and get that third star. I think for the 2018-19 season, signing JJ Redick, say you know who's what 35 years old, uh, doesn't make any sense for the long haul. And for the short term, you know, again, you're a regular season team, so you, maybe you move forward in the regular season. I guess your argument that. Hey, maybe if you have JJ Redick, you win a couple more games, then you get that third. You're and more you're one piece to get closer. That third star. Yeah, you already show that you're one piece closer. Okay, but then you know that third guy that your JJ Redick is then 35 and is aging and right. you know. But the Jazz aren't signing Kawhi. No, they're not signing Clay Thompson. Okay, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, you're the going jazz for Chris are going Middleton. to get you're imperfect going... people because the Jazz are in imperfect organizations because they're in Salt Lake because they're not in Los Angeles. You're imperfect. You're going to get imperfect players. We need to talk about Kevin Love too because I also wrote about Kevin Love at ESPN700Sports.com, <laughs> yeah. and I got a little bit lit up for it on the online. I I'm going to read this during the break. Okay, and we'll talk about it. We'll answer more of your questions at Andy B. Larson at Ben's Hoops is the Salt City Hoop Show. Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Yeah. Halloween. Taliban. Taliban. Salt City Hoop Show, ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Ben Anderson. Find us on Twitter at Andy B. Larson, at Ben's Hoops. If you catch only a little bit of our show driving home or whatever you're doing, going to get ice cream with the kids, uh, you can find the uh, podcast as well at saltcityhoops.com. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? I'm pretty diverse. Depends on what mood I'm in. Sometimes I like something fruity, flavorful. Sometimes I like flavorful. Sometimes I like coffee. Sometimes okay. I like a little, little chocolate. Okay. You? I'm... Kind of a fruit ice cream guy. Okay. That surprised uh, me. You're kind it? of mature. I thought you'd be a, a oh, mint chocolate chip guy. No. I thought just like simple <laughs> like raspberry, mint chocolate chip. Raspberry is good. Got okay, a really go good Bear Lake. Go get yourself a raspberry shake. Yeah. that's Nothing good. gets better than that. Uh, all right. We've been talking a lot about the uh, Western Conference. I, I said I, I wanted to go off on a little bit of a diatribe about Kevin, Kevin Love. Love. Let's do it. Okay. So jazz fans are totally out on Kevin Love. He signed a four year hundred and twenty million dollar contract. Hundred and forty million dollar contract. Hundred and forty that's what I said. Hundred and forty million dollar contract did Kevin Love with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh this is not a guy we talked about what two weeks ago as maybe the number one target for the Jazz next offseason. Oh, it is hundred and twenty, I apologize. Told you. Uh I, I think that's what we said was Kevin Love might be the top target for the Utah Jazz next offseason. Is a realistic name to look at. Fit, age, skill set, you know, likes Utah. Wants to live in Park City, would be happy here, culturally could probably make it fit. Yeah. Kevin Love signs this huge deal. I said, you know what, Jazz fans, if you still like Kevin Love, this is probably not the worst deal because I think it's going to be Andrew Wiggins-esque, where by January, once he becomes tradable again, I think it's January 19th, the Cavs are going to say, man, we like Colin Sexton, but we don't like a whole lot else on our roster, and we need to get bad so we can get draft picks so we can get good again because yeah. that's how we rebuilt last time. So let's do that. Let's go find the next, not Kyrie Irving, you've got Colin Sexton, but, you know, superstar like Anthony Bennett or somebody like that. Let's go draft that guy with the number one overall pick. But that's what they want to do. It's kind of the Blake Griffin situation, right? Right. Sign him to a brand new huge deal, trade him away for a stop. So believe it or not, was it Jerry West who signed that deal? He knew what he was doing. Uh, I don't think that's a bad move. And I think that's what they did. Sign him, trade him. And I thought, you know what? What they're going to want to do is get out of contracts and then kind of have a little bit of flexibility. So what do you do? You take on a guy who has an $18 million contract in Derek Favors, who if you like the way he fits with Colin Sexton a lot in a unique way, you pick up his option. Yeah. And then you can sign him next year for four years and $45 million because he's not going to get another $18 million contract. Or if you don't like him, you waive him. You say we got out of Derek Favors' contract and Kevin Love's Kevin contract, Love's contract yeah. and maybe we got second-round picks or the right to swap picks or something like that or a first-round pick. That might be a lot for what the Jazz would have to be taking on in Kevin Love. Yeah. But you could go out and still get Kevin Love in that situation. Again, the same reason we said that Andrew Wiggins was available, very widely known that he was available this year. Still is. Still is, yeah. If you wanted to go out and get that guy, and that was the player you wanted, and he wasn't going to cost significantly less on the free agent market, clearly, 
That's what it's going to cost to get him. And you could still go out and get him. And I think that's why the Jazz did give Favors the contract they gave him, in part, not just to bring him back this year, but because that salary is one that you can trade and is matchable with other big salaries if the Jazz felt like they wanted to get that third star in January as opposed to waiting till July. Here's the problem. The math doesn't work out. Uh, paying Kevin Love $30 million, and especially in that last year of the four-year deal, right. means that... So you've passed Rudy. You've passed Rudy's re-up. Sure. By two years at that point. So you're going to have to pay. I mean, ideally you keep Rudy, but you know who knows what happens with Rudy Gobert. And, and I'm going with years. the assumption that you're going to pay Rudy whatever you have to to bring right. him back. So that means he's going to be a uh, 30% max guy. Donovan Mitchell at that point will be a 30% max guy. Kevin Love will be a 30% max guy. Can Donovan get that guy. much that early? Yeah, because he if he makes an all-NBA team or if he is a Is it any all-NBA team? First, second, or third? I believe, yes. I thought it was first because that was the big deal with Anthony Davis, right? Was he got second team and it ended up costing him money? Uh, maybe you're right. I think uh, you have to be all-NBA first team or MVP. I could be wrong. You it could can be, be an any all-star all in two team. years. But anyway, uh, if he is, he can get the $30 million uh, max anyway. If even if it's a twenty five percent max, you're gonna have to pay Donovan Mitchell. So you're you're spending ninety percent of your salary cap on three guys, and that's just you you can't put a good team. Or, and honestly, around Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and Kevin Love, which is nice, but it's probably not a championship contending, championship winning core. You have to be all NBA first team. I bet you Donovan Mitchell doesn't get there. Okay. Because Anthony, at least this is most recently, I'm looking at the Anthony Davis, when he lost $24 million bucks in May of 2016, it's because he made All-NBA second team and not All-NBA first team. And it cost him $26 million, which was the difference between that 36 and that, or that 30% and that 25%, or whatever the deal was. And I bet you Donovan Mitchell doesn't win an MVP in the next three years, and I bet you he doesn't make All-NBA first team. Okay. So he's going to be a little bit less than that. And if we are talking numbers, I think that's why that matters. Yeah. No, that matters. Yeah, it's it's 5% of the of the tax. Again, I do want Jazz fans to recognize this. You're not going to draft another Rudy Gobert or Donovan Mitchell. You're just not going to. It doesn't happen. The fact that you've done it twice already is insane. And you're going to have to overpay to get somebody to come to Utah. Or you're going to have to pay the max to get somebody to Utah. If you want that third star, you're going to have to pay for them. Yeah. So uh, this 30%, 35%, $30 million – you're going to have to get an imperfect player that you're overpaying because you are in Salt Lake. And then you have to hope that they work out the way Carlos Boozer did or the, that they work out the way Memo Kerr did. You're going to have to give someone a lot of money that at face value you don't love what they do. But you hope that because Donovan Mitchell is not making that full 30% because he's only on his second contract, and hopefully two of those years with Donovan, and they should be if you pay him in 2019, two of those years are you're stealing money from the NBA. You're stealing money from Donovan Mitchell because he's not making anything playing for you on a rookie yeah. contract. And... Rudy Gobert is only on his second deal. So Rudy Gobert right now is the only guy whose contract matches his production. Yeah, He's, on, he's the second best player on your team, on a championship team. Rudy's your second best player. Donovan's your first best player. Mm-hmm. And Rudy gets that second biggest contract because he's not yet on his third deal. You clearly have a window to spend money frivolously if you want to. Right. But you, yeah, you do have to. If you're going to get that third player, you're probably going to have to do that frivolous. You can't play it cheap if you're the Jazz and expect to get that third star. It's never going to happen. I, I agree. I don't think that Kevin Love in two years is a third star caliber player. Maybe, maybe he is. Uh, and, and you know, I, I, I just don't, I think based on his production and at that dollar value, the Jazz are going to. I think they're going to opt out. You know, I, I think they're going to say no for the same reasons that you said Andrew Wiggins is available, but no one wants to trade for him. I think Kevin Love is going to be available, and no one will want to trade for him. Who would you rather have? <laughs> Kevin Love. 
think so. Yeah. His decline is scary, and the fact that Wiggins could get better is more yeah. interesting. But Wiggins ain't great. It's <laughs> a lot Wiggins of money. Is, to be is I think Wiggins. more damaging, right? Because oh, he's yeah. going to take a lot of shots. He's going to. And, and gonna, it sounds like he might complain. Uh, yeah, he's going to complain. Everyone is worried that Kevin Love and, and LeBron don't get along, and he's never said anything publicly ever, other than the right thing. Yeah, Ke- which is no, good, right? And and honestly, it sounds like that relationship was pretty good, actually. Like, right. I think he was frustrated with some on-court stuff, but like off the court, they weren't best friends. But like, yeah. they were. And again, if you sacrifice have a problem. statistically what Kevin Love sacrificed, and people were still complaining about you, I might be upset too. But he was the third best player on the team that won a championship, and he's going to the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm curious to see if we get Kevin Love, Minnesota Kevin Love, this year for the Cleveland Cavaliers, or if we get you know I don't last think so. year. I bet you he's changed uh, irreversibly. Yeah, he's not going to go back to 27 and 14 like he was in his prime at Minnesota. He's never going to get there. Okay. He might be 20 points Maybe. and 11 rebounds. I'm not going to say never A. Uh, and- I will. Okay. okay. <laughs> he 27. It, it, so few guys can do that. Sure. You know. He already did it. And he's Yeah, but he's 30 now. Yeah. So it's a much bigger difference. And they shouldn't use him that way. Why not? Because it wasn't good at Minnesota. That's why they traded him. It was good at Minnesota. They just didn't have any talent around him. Right. And they don't have any talent around him right now in uh, Cleveland either. Sounds like an opportunity to, for 27 and 14 of me. Let's get it. Uh, and, and you know what? Do that and then trade him in January. Yeah. Show that he's a 27 and 14 guy. Just use the hell out of him. Honestly, Tom that, Thibodeau that's... him and play him 40 minutes a game, and then uh, trade him off. Well, that's probably the best uh, best route for them to go from like a future franchise future point of view. For sure. Uh, I think Kevin Love's going to be available. Someone's going to bite on him, and I don't think whoever bites on him is actually going to regret it. I I don't agree at all. So many people said this could be the worst contract in the NBA in three years. I don't think that's true at all. Big guys who can shoot, who have never based their game on their athleticism, translate. Because John Walls will be. John Walls. There's going to be a lot a of joke, bad ones. But like, Chris Paul's going to be bad. Yeah. I, I agree. I don't think he'll be the worst contract in the league. Yeah. And the Jazz, probably you're going to have to have one of those contracts that's a little weird. Yeah, you know yeah. what? Larry H. Miller knew that. That's why he signed Andre Karolinko when he did. You had that's not why he signed Andre Karolinko. No. Well, you had to. You, you thought had to he was, Karolinko. yeah. You were like, oh. They this, didn't want to pay this, him that money, though. Sure. They only paid it because Pau Gasol got that money. Sure, but he was 23 and getting better. Like, it's a very, very different situation. Sure. And they still were hesitant to pay him that type of money. Sure. And then you kind of kind of had to eat it at the end, you know, but you had good young players and Darren and Boozer and Memo, and it was okay to have Karolinko with that type of cash. Yeah. You said this to Bill Riley the other day. Bill asked, were you talking about Ortuno? Is that who you're yeah. talking about? We're, what the Ortuno so if you don't know, if you're not a soccer fan, uh, RSL signed a player for a million dollars, which is a big chunk of your cash Just, when you have uh, in, in MLS. He's a designated player, the highest paid player on the team. So they paid him a bunch of money. He played three games, played 118 minutes and left. And, you know, Bill asked, is there an NBA comparison for that? And you said Karolinko. I think it's Trey Burke. That was off the cuff, to be honest. Sure, like, right, I, yeah, right, right. I was listening in the car when I thought, and I thought, you know, I get it. That was one of the first names that popped into my head. Uh, I would say... Trey Burke's probably up there because of what you had to give up to get there. Home of the best Utah Jazz and NBA breakdown is right here. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700, Andy Larson, Ben Anderson. I apologize, we uh, got cut off. I was not watching my clock. Uh... What we were talking about is bad, basically bad moves the Jazz have made, bad contracts. Uh, we were comparing it to uh, a local soccer player. That doesn't really matter. Uh, what's the worst move the Jazz have made recently? I said probably Trey Burke. 
because you traded two draft picks to go up and get him at number nine, and he was really bad. Now, you yeah. didn't pay him any extra money. The nice thing is, and this is one thing Dennis Lindsay's insanely good at, he does not repeat mistakes very often, and he doesn't double down on his mistakes. So many guys double down on their mistakes just to prove that their first mistake wasn't a mistake. Right. Trey Lyles ended up being crappy. It's not as good as, as Devin Booker. So what they do? They made the best trade in the NBA in the last three or four years. Yeah. So now, if everyone could do that, they would trade their mistakes for not mistakes. They don't get to do that. But he was not. He is not saying, you know what? No, Trey Lyles has got good balance. That's why I drafted him. <laughs> and he shoots threes, and that's what we need. It's a three-point shooter. And uh, Derek Favors is going to be a free agent. We're going to replace him. No, he didn't do that. He and just said we're going to get better. That, that do that. Definitely do that. Often do that. He didn't do that, and he went out and made a smart trade. That was good. Yeah, if Trey Burke is the worst mistake you've made, that ain't bad. Right. Dante Exum might be a bigger mistake than Trey Burke. There's still potential for that. Yeah. Uh, Plus, you you did double down because you did give him money. Yeah. Now, I don't think the Jazz feel like they're doubling down on a mistake. Agreed. I think the Jazz know what they have. I don't think Quinn Snyder would let you spend that type of money on a guy who he doesn't think he can work with. And he would tell right. Dennis Lindsay if he thought, that kid can't do it. I don't believe in him. I'm not going to play him even if he can do it. I'm not going to put in the time to develop him. I think very much that was a conversation through Gail Miller, through Dennis Lindsay, through uh, Justin Zanuck, through Steve Starks, yeah. through uh, Quinn Stein. As you would expect, yeah, for a $33 million contract. Um, agreed. And, like, so that's that's kind of the difference, right? It was, like, with the Ortuño situation, highest played player on the team gives you absolutely nothing. That's never happened in Jazz history before. Correct. And lucky for the Jazz. You know, Ostertag's a bigger mistake. Like, yeah. It ha- does happen in the NBA sometimes. Like, Chandler Parsons exists, right? Yeah. But even he, like, was injured at least. You know what I mean? Like, Ortuño apparently came in without the injuries and, and everything else. But this isn't a MLS show. Uh, let's keep answering some questions. Yeah. Um, let's go with – should we do – let's do Tommy Newell. Uh, Tommy asks, where do you need to be in a franchise to stop thinking about the long term and go all in now? Probably need Golden State to break up a little bit. I mean, some of that matters around yeah. what's going on around you. You can't be you can't, you you don't exist in a vacuum. You don't go all in on, on pocket aces, right? So you don't you can't go exactly. I mean, you, yeah, and you can't invest in a vacuum. You have to make sure that you're aware of what the rest of the league is doing, trend wise, contract wise, future wise, championship window wise. I don't think the Jazz are all that far off from going all in though. Yeah, I, I agree. And heck, I think if they could have this summer go gone all in, they would have. Yeah, if Paul George said, you know what, I really want to take a visit to yeah. you, the Jazz would have put a 30% contract on the table and said, we're going to wave six guys today. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, the, the, you want to sign that contract? Give us a call because we've got some phone calls we've got to make first. Yeah. But they're coming. <laughs> we'll make those phone right. calls. And that would have been basically all in, and then you just tinker. You just tinker with the guys behind yeah. him and say, hey, we think – Nerlens Noel is worth two and a half million dollars as opposed to Ekbeudo. Yeah. You know those little things that you do. So I think they're willing to do it. They just need the right player. Agreed. And yeah, I don't think that guy was there next uh, last off season. The guy might be there next off season, but it, it may also have to be a trade, kind of like what you referenced. I don't know if Kevin Love is that deal, um, but uh, you know, at some point, I think that's going to be opening up for the Jazz, and you know, the Jazz hope to have not only the talent and, and uh, assets to match that, but also kind of the draft assets and the salary ballast that you can send back in that kind of uh, of a deal. I think Craig Irvine is, when we're talking about the Jazz getting a third star, which has just been the talking point for, what, four years now, three years yeah. for the Jazz? He says, Jazz already have their third star. His name is Team. I think he's being facetious. If he's not, I worry about that. 
Yeah, you need the you you. I mean, you I, I get, get that talented. playing with as a team makes you better. There's no question about yeah. it. And the Jazz are one of the best quote unquote teams in the league. You know what's awesome? But Three stars and a team behind them. Yeah. When the team is your fourth guy, that's even better. Honestly, that makes that makes you early Golden State. Right, the right. first championship Golden State team had three stars and just knew how to play together. Like, you know, few champions we've seen in NBA. Right, history. few teams ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other questions? Uh, let's see. What we got? We've got Brandon Whiteside's hating on Joe Ingles again. Uh, Which is fine. You can hate on Joe Ingles. That's no. That's neither not. Andy or I do. But you can have your opinions about sports. Yeah, sure. No one cares. It's fine. And we care. But care. Uh, yeah, no, we uh, we like we like Joe Ingles, and I don't think his money's bad. Oh no, I think his money's good. Oh, let's let's do uh, Larry Spandex's question. What do you guys think about injury luck? Is it cyclical? How big of a difference does the staff make? Uh, staff helps. You're still yeah. playing guys for 48 minutes a night. You know, you're still what is it, 240 minutes a night of basketball that's being played between five guys? Yeah, uh, or five positions, I should say. It's just there's still potential for injury every time you Agreed. step out on the floor. So I don't care if you hire the. You know, I don't care if you go to Johns Hopkins and gets the get the best doctors that exist on earth right. and get them every year. Doesn't matter. You're still gonna have injuries. But I, I think you know, I, I think it matters on the margins. And you know, I think yeah, you're you've got a huge risk of injury, and probably like seventy five percent of it is just luck. You know, whether or not guys crash into other guys' knees, how what angle that happens at does T.J. Warren land on Dante Exum in a preseason game, or instead if they play the Philadelphia seventy sixers, does you know. Markel Fultz not care that much. Right. You know, wh- whatever that looked like. You know, it, it's just kind of randomness that that happens. Um, but, you know, I think with some of the injuries, you can say, okay, this is a chronic thing that has gone on too long. And maybe we should have sat him or maybe we should have. No uh, one feels good about the San Antonio staff right now. Right. What was going on with Kawhi and why did Danny Green play a season with a torn groin that was misdiagnosed or undiagnosed? Yeah, that's How that's is not that good. possible? Uh, so you know, clearly like that, that kind of stuff matters. And I think you can mess it up very badly. Um, the hope is that, you know, with the jazz's new, uh, staff with Mike Elliott, with, um, with what's his name? Ryan waters. I try Eric waters. Sorry. Uh, that, you know, they've kind of figured this out to some extent and, uh, have one of the better injury staffs in the league. That certainly they are, are paying the money that says that they should have the, one of the better injury staffs in the league. Now it's kind of about putting it together. I'll say this, though. You look at their injuries last year, I think it was pretty good. You know, uh, they lost Rudy Gobert to for a month, uh, to, or I guess a month twice, three weeks twice. Um, so that was that was big. I don't know that any of those injuries were avoidable. I think he came back at the right times. Let's walk through this real quick. Joe Ingles played all 82 games. He's the only guy who played all 82 games. Donovan Mitchell, who was arguably your best player, but truthfully is probably your second best player last year, played 79 games. Great. Ricky Rubio played 77 games. Now, I know that doesn't include the playoffs, but 77 games is a ton. And I think the most of his career, uh, the most second most of his career. And what, Ricky Rubio was your fourth best player last year? Yeah. Probably and, and in that know, conversation. Missed the Houston series, so that's big. But, I, right. I again, if anything, that should have been a longer injury that you know he was on the brink of right. coming back from, but that he was able to play in the Oklahoma City series because he still had that injury then, uh, I think is an accomplishment for the Jazz's injury staff rather than a detriment that he missed a Houston one. Derek Favors played 77 games last year. Great. Okay, so Especially four of your five starters played 77 games or more. I don't think it's fair to talk about injuries for the Jazz. Now, the problem is Rudy Gobert got hurt and only played 56 games last year. Right. So would you have rather Rudy Gobert played 70 and then sprinkled those other 14 amongst those other four guys? 
course. Yeah. Give those other four guys three games each, and you're a much better <laughs> basketball team. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Favors only plays 74 instead of 77. That's fine. Rubio only plays 74 instead of 77. That's fine. Joe Ingles plays 89. Right. That's fine. You would be a better team if Rudy Gobert was on the floor more. And you look at those injuries, and there's just nothing that they could have done differently. Right, the, not only the Rudy Gobert injury, but Dante Exum. Like, there's just nothing. Right, right. Like, the but guy that hurts. Dante only playing what, 14 games last shoulder, year. Tavo Cephalosha blowing out his knee and only playing 38 games last year. Those hurt. Those are injuries that you hurt. Yeah. But every team gets those injuries. You know, look at how many te- look how many stars missed a lot of games this year. I mean, Steph missed games. Kevin Durant missed games. Kristaps yeah. Porzingis missed games. Not necessarily. Leonard. <laughs> yeah, not necessarily. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard missed basically the entire season. Uh, not necessarily a star. Who's the guy in Miami that they just signed that had a very good year two years ago? Uh, you... Only played 30 games last year. Uh, Deion Waiters. Waiters, who was really good two years ago and was yeah. kind of the guy they gave a bunch of money to this offseason. Played 30 games this year. There was just a lot of freak injuries this season. A lot of guys got hurt and missed a lot of time. Kevin Love broke his hand, missed a lot of time this year. Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward basically missed the entire season. Well, Kyrie didn't, but Gordon did, yeah. and Kyrie missed a bunch of games as well. The Jazz were not that beat up by injuries. No. So I'm not counting on the Jazz catching wonderful injury luck and not missing the playoffs. That will be something, though, that I would say if I'm looking at the Western Conference, injuries are going to determine who are those top eight teams or the six teams, three through eight. And I think they determine what happens in the playoffs to some extent, right? Like, I'm not saying that the Jazz would have won the Ricky, the, the Houston series with Ricky Rubio, but I think, you know, you get a little bit closer. Um, you know, I think you, you maybe look at the New Orleans series or the Minnesota series and think maybe those are a little bit different or the seedings are different with or without injuries. But, um, yeah, I mean, clearly something is going to come up uh, for most of these Western Conference teams, and what happens with those are, is, is going to determine the fate of the Western Conference. Uh, all right, let's talk about the Western Conference and the teams around the Jazz and who got better and who got worse. And let's just start with uh, the team that was the top of the – and again, we're not talking Houston. We're not, right, let's talk Houston because they got worse. Houston, Houston got, got worse. worse. Golden State got better. They added Boogie Cousins. Yep. That's fine. They had, Actually, Jonas Drebko is going to be good for them too. Jonas yep. Drebko is going to play and shoot threes and be fine. Yep. Uh, so they're good. Houston got worse. I'm curious about what happens with uh, Carmelo. I don't think it really matters that much. You know, honestly, I yeah. think Carmelo is a very poor man's Eric Gordon at this point. I probably like him more than Ryan Anderson. I mean, he just shoots threes. Yeah, That's what I mean. Eric Gordon is not doing what Eric Gordon did when he was in L.A. He kind of just sits and shoots threes now, right? Okay. Uh, sure, I'll, I get I get what you're saying. Carmelo just needs to shoot threes. That's what they're yeah. going to ask him to do. That's going to be the majority of his game. I hope he embraces that. Yeah, he's he's honestly, Ryan Anderson is not a bad comp. Right, yeah. Who he is now is Ryan Anderson of now. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, can't defend, shoots threes. Right. Uh, Ryan, Rhino's probably a better three-point shooter, actually. But. Yeah, uh, absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, so, that's good, even though Carmelo so you have worse Ryan Anderson. That's not great. It doesn't move the needle. But more importantly, you lost Trevor Reason. You lost Luke and Bob Mute. You lost some of that depth. Yeah. They still got to figure out what they're doing with Clint Capella. You might need worse Ryan Anderson. Uh, yeah, exactly. They got worse. So, they go from winning... 65 games last year to what, 58 games this year? Yeah. I think that's conceivable, and I think that's good because those are wins the Jazz can have. Mm-hmm. Jazz can get a one or two of those games now. Portland. Let's look at uh, Portland's offseason, what they decided to do. And I did not love Portland's offseason, and guess what? Neither did Damian Lillard. And that should make Jazz fans excited because the yep. Jazz would be one of those places where maybe he'd even be willing to sign. It wasn't like they lost a lot. They but... lost Pat Connaughton, Ed Davis. He went to Brooklyn. Is Pat Connaughton just not in the league anymore? Uh, Shabazz Napier. Georges Papianis, who may be the worst draft pick of all time, and they lost C.J. Wilcox. C.J. Wilcox doesn't matter. 
Uh, Papianis doesn't matter. Shabazz Napier was actually good. a pretty good backup point guard this year. But you know what? I really like Seth Curry. They went out and added him. Anthony Simons looked better in summer league than I expected him to. They also have Gary Trent. They added Nick Stauskas. They probably did enough with their guard line to make up for the loss of of uh, of Shabazz Napier. Yeah, losing a Davis hurts is, is is a big deal. He's a really he's the best offensive rebounder in the NBA potentially. I mean, he's that type of guy for yeah. role players who offensive rebound. He's in that conversation for the best in the league. Agreed. And they don't have good big guys. I, I think they got a little bit worse. They got a little worse. I don't think they got significantly worse, but you know what? They also don't have, unless Zach Collins is really ready to take the next step, which is questionable with what we saw Agreed. in Portland, I don't know if they have young guys that are going to get better that are going to make them a better team. Yeah, Th- That's good I for agree. the Jets. You know, yeah, I think they got worse or you know, we'll stay the same. Oklahoma City. I think they got better. Yeah, a little bit. I, uh, well, I think first I think of all, lot. I think getting healthy is going to be key for them. Because they did lose guys last year to injury, yeah. most notably Andre Roberson, who was not their third best player, but maybe their third most important player. I mean, if for, we, let's say fourth, because obviously Stephen Adams, Russell Westbrook, and Paul George were more important. He was probably their fourth most important player. Yeah, if if defense were offense, you know, we would all love and understand Andre Roberson because he really was. You know, honestly, he could have been the defensive player of the league if he plays 82 games. They draft Deontay Burton, Hamadou Diallo, who's kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, maybe he has a chance to be Royce O'Neal. You know, he's just a 3-and-D player. Uh, they just traded for Timothy Luawu, uh, Adele Nader they just got from Boston. They did add Nerlens Noel and Dennis Schroeder, and those were their two big deals. They needed a backup center who could block some shots, and Nerlens Noel's going to do that and gives them a little bit of interest. I mean, Nerlens Noel a couple years ago was intriguing. Yeah, He's never quite become the guy that, you hoped he was coming out of Kentucky. And then uh, Schroeder is really kind of interesting because he could be really bad or he could be good. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what he does on a good team, right? With uh, And he's kind of back to the bench role that he succeeded in in Atlanta. Um, how he's coached, uh, I think, will matter. How he's used will matter. I don't think you want him playing much next to Russell Westbrook. Um, but you kind of play him as a secondary bench guy. And, he averaged 19 points a game last year. His percentages were awful. Yeah. And Atlanta was awful. That sounds like the perfect backup, your second unit guy, yeah. your second unit scoring right. guy. Yeah, and you what know you what? Want. Is he Lou Williams? That's no. really intriguing if he can be that type of scorer off the bench, that dominant ball handler who can come out and just put up a lot of points because no one loved Lou Williams a few years ago either. Yeah, but And Lou- now everyone likes him. Part of that is, I think, just Lou Will got older. I don't think that, like, Lou Will is any... Significantly changed. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean we he like... scored 23 last year, 23 points a game. Right. But we like six men who do things that we wouldn't like if they were starters. Right. And Schroeder is perfect for that. I think OKC got better. I think it's mostly because Abrinas is healthy. Or because... Uh, Abrinas. Uh, uh, like, uh, Roberson. Because, <laughs> yeah, I don't care about uh, Alexis Abrinas. Uh, he doesn't matter. Uh, we saw that in the playoffs. Because Andre Roberson got better... I think they got better. And then I, I like the additions to Nerlens Noel and Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't know that it's significantly better, uh, but I, you know, I, think it's, I think they got better. Sure. I could say they kept par or got better than the Jazz, and they were already better than the Jazz last year until they got to the playoffs, in which case they wait, were wait, not better wait, than the Jazz. Wait, wait. They were not better than the Jazz they last year. They were equal to the Jazz, but they owned home court advantage. So by definition, they finished with a better record than the Jazz. Yawn. But then they I mean, lost. They did okay. get home court advantage. But if we count the games that they actually played, right. the Jazz won more games. You're right. And the Jazz beat them in the playoffs very soundly. Yeah. But you added, again, I, I think what you saw them add this offseason with Roberson and Nerlens Noel and Schroeder would have made that a different series. If you had those guys, that would have been a significantly different series. I feel very confident saying that. I, I don't know that I do. I, okay. I, I think, you know, Russell Westbrook still does Russell Westbrook things. The Jazz can exploit it. Uh, Dennis Schroeder gives the Jazz. You you're pretty thrilled every time he takes a shot. 
he might be able to stay in front of Dante Exum, and that is not something that Raymond <laughs> Felton knew how to do. Yeah, no, that's not true. Raymond Felton did stay in front of Dante Exum. Like three times? No, like the whole series. Dante was terrible in the OKC series. Because Dante's not very good. <laughs> I'm not sure that was well, a Raymond okay. Felton thing. Then then Schroeder's not changing, you know. I think Schroeder makes him better. I'm intrigued by New Orleans Noel, and I like that they got back Andre Roberson. I agree they got better. I don't know if it's enough to surpass the Jazz. Uh, well, they were already better than the Jazz. Uh, they were New not Orleans. better than the Jazz. <laughs> they lost. They lost. New Orleans. I'm talking regular season. They New lost. Orleans. They were tied in the regular season. Right, and they had home court advantage. Uh, oh, New my. Orleans. <laughs> uh, here's what they added. Trayvon Blewett, who had a fantastic <laughs> summer league. Sure. Alfred Payton. A little intriguing. No. Julius Randle. A little intriguing. Troy Williams. Also a little intriguing. Out. Charles Cookie. His name's Cook, but I call him Cookie. <laughs> DeMarcus Cousins. Jordan Crawford. Rajon Rondo. Yeah. That's pretty bad off. They season. got worse. That's a pretty bad off season. Uh, your hope is that Drew Holiday stays healthy and Alfred Payton can be good. You hope he's Rajon Rondo. I, here's the problem: it's looking at well, he's a point guard who can't shoot, so he's Rajon Rondo is a stupid way to look at basketball, <laughs> right? And we make those comparisons, but every point guard who can't shoot is different. You know uh, what you get from who's the uh, point guard who was hurting uh, for the Clippers all year was with Houston. Should have oh, been their backup. Pat Beverly. Beverly. Patrick Beverly is different than Rajon Rondo, is different than Alfred Payton, is different than Pat Ricky Beverly Rubio. Can shoot, though. You know? Uh so all these guys are different types of players. Yeah. So that's I don't think that's an upgrade. I don't think Alfred Payton is an upgrade over Rajon Rondo. Agreed. And I know I don't think Julius Randle is an upgrade over Agreed. Though availability is nice, like it's not gonna be better. But uh yeah. So they They're, probably got worse. Yeah. Uh and that's too bad. Because New Orleans was kind of an They're interesting fine. spot. Uh other teams in the West. San Antonio Spurs. Okay, we can actually That's make the argument that they, they got, got better. better. Because DeMar will play and, Ka- and Kawhi didn't. Kawhi didn't. He played eight games last year, and DeMar should play yeah. 65 or more. Uh, and actually plays decent. Seems to stay healthy. Lost Tony Parker, lost Kyle Anderson, lost Danny Green. All right, here's Those what are they big added. losses. They added Marco Bellinelli, Dante Cunningham, DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Pertl, which I actually think is a little yeah. bit underrated, Lonnie Walker, who I don't think is ready to play, out Kyle Anderson, out Matt Costello, no one cares, out Danny Green, Joffrey Laverne, Lost Kawhi, lost Tony Parker. Laverne was bad last year. Uh, I think they I, they got better. I think they got better too, uh, and I think that's dangerous. I don't think it's that dangerous. Well, I mean, I, they could finish with a better record than the Jazz. Sure. Are they likely to? They finished uh, one game behind the Jazz last year. So, yeah, maybe they are. I, I feel like you are underrating the Jazz getting better next year. Sure. Let's talk about how the Jazz are better. Let's talk about the Jazz offseason. Because, yeah, from an offseason point, you lost Jonas Rabko, gained Georges Nye. Right. Talent-wise, Grayson Allen. what you hope is that you've got Tabo Cephalosha for 75 games instead of 38 games, which is significant. Mm-hmm. You hope that Jay Crowder, knowing the entire system, makes you significantly better. You hope that uh, that uh, Rudy Gobert plays 75 games instead of 56. And Dante hope- Exum should get significantly better. And honestly, Donovan Mitchell, you hope that he's the player that he was for the last three months of the year, the entire season. Right. Which uh, I think I would bet on happening is, is more likely than not. Sure. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's those are huge improvements. That could easily put you up to the third seed and, and really maybe compete with Houston. If Houston takes a significant if step backwards event, yeah. and is exhausted from what they did last year, I which agree. could happen when you've got ball-dominant guards who get old, not that James Harden's old, but Chris Paul is old, that, that wears on you. And like if three of the five things you just mentioned happen, you're better. Then you're better than the San Antonio Spurs. If two of them happen, you're probably still better. If none of them happen, then you're worse. I agree with you. 
Uh, yeah, I'm again, I'm not out on the Jazz offseason. Okay. I'm just saying I don't think it would have been wrong to go out and spend money either. And I think you may look back in a couple of years and say, man, we just did not spend the money we wanted to. Yeah. In a way we wanted to. And that's sometimes when the patience ends up killing you. And the Jazz have been p- too patient in the past. I think they have had times when they were too patient in the past. Agreed. Uh, all right, let's move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Did they get better? Did they get worse? Here's what they brought in. The Minnesota Timberwolves added Kata Bates-Jopp, Josh Okoge, a person named Jared Terrell, and Anthony Tolliver. Anthony Tolliver's been in the league since 1996, <laughs> I think. Uh, out, Cole Aldrich, Nemanja Bielitsa, Aaron Brooks, Anthony Brown, Jamal Crawford. Where did Crawford sign? I don't think he signed yet. Uh, Marcus George Hunt. Didn't know yeah. that guy existed. And Emil Jefferson. Uh, they probably got better. I honestly think Jamal Crawford was really a negative player. Yeah, he was not good year. for them last year. You look at I his don't like real the... plus minus, and it was it was I think the bottom in the bottom five of the league. I don't think the players they added are better. Yeah, Kate Bates job, but Jimmy Butler being healthy is huge, and he was not healthy last year. He was only year. how many games did he miss? Fifteen? Like he wasn't on. He wasn't healthy, or I guess he wasn't hurt for that long. Uh, it was really only a month of the season that he missed. He played in 59 games. So, you know, yeah, maybe. He By the way, he just had defense. surgery today. Oh, really? Uh, he had uh, hand surgery, but okay. it was uh, his choice. Minor. It was uh, optional or whatever they call that. He decided he wanted to have hand surgery. <laughs> I said, you got money. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, he played 59 games last year, which is the same as Rudy. Yeah. And three more games of Rudy. That's significant. Jimmy yeah, Butler's is, really good. Right. Jimmy Butler's their best player. Yes. Minnesota gets better by adding him, but th- that I can't make that argument that Minnesota gets better than the Jazz by – Jimmy Butler coming back because Rudy is better than Rudy. Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So I, I think that's the help. So NBA I, fans would say, like, I feel like other market NBA fans would say you're crazy for saying Rudy is better than Jimmy Butler. Yeah, but, but they would I be think, wrong. I think you're Jimmy right. Butler's great. I love Jimmy Butler. And in fact, maybe that's the guy the Jazz need to look at next offseason that you say if you, if you were able to, and okay, going to Minnesota, come play in Utah. This is going to be Agreed. unreal. This is amazing. Now, I don't know that he was okay going to Minnesota. Remember, that was a trade, not a free agency signing. And there have been. Off the court issues there. Sure. But, uh, well, it's because he hates Carl Anthony Towns. That's L- the problem. Let's take a break. When we'll come back, we'll look at the teams that just missed the playoffs last year Denver and the Clippers. And then, of course, LeBron came west. Uh, we'll yeah. say whether or not the Lakers I, are good. I want to ask you who you think misses the playoffs next year. Okay. We're going to do that when we come back, break down the teams that got better. In fact, there's, there's a lot of teams that got better that missed the playoffs last year. Let's talk about it next. Andy Larson, Ben Anderson, ESPN 700. You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Ben Anderson. We're running through the Western Conference, looking at which teams got better, which teams got worse, as uh, I've argued that maybe the Jazz didn't do enough this offseason. Let's look at the teams that missed the playoffs last year in the Western Conference, and they really didn't miss them by a whole lot. Denver Nuggets, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Los Angeles Lakers, and then a couple teams that I actually think got better. Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. No, uh, go ahead. I, I, you know, I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are a, a real playoff contender. Uh, Memphis might be if everyone's healthy and is kind of the same player that they were two years ago. Mike Conley and Marcus Hall can obviously do a lot. I have, I have very little faith in JB Bickerstaff as a good coach. I think. Uh, I agree with you. With I sat his, next to him at summer league. What are you saying to Jaron Jackson? What, what was he saying? No, he was he was actually being good. He was uh, I think he was talking. Who's their backup point guard that was so good last year? The rookie that they drafted, who's you know sixty one years old. They've got what? one of those guys that they drafted that was at Kansas for four years. No, I think it was Von Carter's their pick this year. But. Yeah, no, someone they drafted last year that yeah 
made the league and it was fine. And he kept telling him to run our stuff. What are you doing with the pick and roll? Run our stuff. <laughs> so that's a funny thing to say. Uh, yeah. He's right. It's his job. He can do whatever he wants to. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, you look at what he did with Memphis last year when he was interim coach and what he did with Houston, especially as their interim coach, and I think it was very bad. Now, uh, personnel slash chemistry situa- situations in both instances. Wayne Selden. He was yelling at Wayne Selden ah. for not running their stuff. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> uh, but – Let's what look at we've seen about J.B. Bickerstaff as a coach, I'm I'm not buying. I agree with you. Uh, let's look at Denver, though. Uh, start there and see if they got better and good enough now to end up making the playoffs in the Western Conference. First of all, they had the talent to make the playoffs last year in the Western Conference. They missed by one game, the last game of the season, yep. when they lost on the road to the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, who ended up getting the eighth seed. They brought in Michael Porter Jr., who I don't know if he's going to play this year or not, and I'm certainly not going to count on him to make you better. Isaiah Thomas, which is intriguing. Yep. Jared Vanderbilt, who people actually loved. He just didn't get to play very much at Kentucky. And, yeah, I'm not going to bet anything on that. Thomas Welsh, UCLA, good luck. Uh, they lost <laughs> Darrell Arthur to Phoenix. They lost Wilson Chandler to Philly. They lost Kenneth Reed to Brooklyn. They lost Devin Harris and Richard Jefferson. You lost way more proven talent than you gained. But it was really fringy proven talent. Like sure. Kenneth Reed didn't play. Uh, yeah, wanted out. They were Wilson happy to Chandler trade him. didn't play very much. Uh, and honestly, again, we're, we're playing the injury health game. The loss of Paul Millsap for most of the season last year was the was the biggest thing that held them back. Right. So they get that, and then by that I mean Paul Millsap. He comes back and plays better. You hope that Trey Lyles can get better. I don't know if I'm ever betting on Tyler Lydon to be an NBA player, which no, is I great think. if you're a Jazz fan. That's a funny thing to laugh at for the rest of your career. The question is whether or not Isaiah Thomas can come in and help significantly <laughs> and Paul Millsap coming back and being better. Now, you can probably never play Isaiah Thomas on the floor at the same time as Nikola Jokic. <laughs> they probably will. And, and they they're going to probably be Yeah, they'll be a minus 10 defensive team. Yeah, you've got to find out a way to get a good defensive player at shooting guard, small forward, and power forward the entire time you're on the floor there. And I don't know if Paul Millsap's a good defensive player at this point in his career. It's, he's certainly slipped. Uh, I don't know who they're... I mean, is Will Barton a good shooting guard? Or a good defensive player at shooting guard? He's okay, no. but he's not... You know, he's, he's not ridiculous. Average. So you don't have any good defensive players on your roster. Gary Harris is fine. Right. Okay. Exactly. Like, literally, that's, you know, damning with faint praise. But again, you kill a pick and roll if you have either a bad wing or a bad <laughs> defensive player. You have because both. They, and if you have both, you're, the you're New York toast. Yeah, you're just yeah. over and over and over. They will just slaughter you. Yeah. That's going to happen. So you've got to hope that you can score 130 points. 50 times a year and win 44 of those games yep. and then win games defensively <laughs> six times. Honestly, that's yeah, your right. that's that's what they're trying to do. They got better. Which is crazy with, with everything we just said they got better, but that's how flawed they were last year and they still almost made the playoffs without Paul Millsap. Yeah, I I I agree they got they got a little bit. It depends what you think. Like I don't like them in the playoffs, but I think they got better in the regular season. And uh, yeah, if if Paul Millsap is healthy, yeah, they got better. Uh, and Isaiah Thomas, he comes healthy. We we really he was really good two years ago. Yeah, brilliant two years ago. Terrible you, this year, but he's coming off a major injury. Sure. Like that's everyone sucks after a major injury. But is it a permanent loss of thing? Yeah, uh, uh, right. loss of mobility, loss of. And for freaks, it's always a bad thing. And I mean that because he's freakishly small. The same way you know, it, as soon as you saw like Shaq start to lose it, your injuries are going to be worse, Shaq, because you're so big. Yao, you break your foot, that's really scary because you're a freak. And freaks get an injury, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but when your physical when your physical size is either a huge detriment or a huge plus, and you start getting hurt, I think it might impact you a little bit more. 
Yeah. Uh, like guys who are freak athletes. If, you're, if your whole thing is how high you jump and you blow out both your ACLs, I start to worry a little bit more about your skill set. Uh, all right, next team. Clippers. Clippers are interesting. They lost DeAndre Jordan, which is bad. They yeah. Horrible injuries last year with Danilo Gallinari, with Avery Bradley missed some games last year. Uh, you lost a lot from Patrick Beverly, who I love. I love pa- Patrick Beverly. I just think he helps you win games. Yeah, I, I like him. Uh, you get those three guys back to come in and play and play healthy for a whole season. Those three alone I like. And then you've got Tobias Harris. You've got some talent there. That's good. And if Shea Gilchrist Alexander is as good as he looked in summer league and can come in and help you win games, then that you're helps. a forty-win team. You think it's only forty? Yeah. I mean, I think DeAndre Jordan is a big loss. Uh, they won forty-two games last year, so you're right. It's not terribly far off of where they were. They lost DeAndre Jordan. They lost Austin Rivers. That might be addition by subtraction. Yeah. Although Austin Rivers was was an average NBA player last year. Here's like, what they added in, in nearly every way: Angel Delgado, who I. I'm in love with that guy. I don't know who he is, but I want him. <laughs> Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Marcin yeah. Gortat, Luke Mbamute, who's a winner, Jerome Robinson, Mike Scott, who's interesting, and uh, Jonathan Motley. You added some guys who I really – I like Mbamute. I don't love Gortat, and there's no reason to love Gortat, but I do wonder how much he just hated uh, John Wall and hated being yeah. in, in Washington. But here's the problem. He's old. You and I eavesdropped on a conversation when he was talking to a jazz player, and he said he was sick of living in hotel rooms. He said, I'm so sick of this. I think he might hate the NBA. I don't think he hated John Wall. I think he hated the league. Do you remember that conversation? Uh, he also hated John Wall. Like, you know, maybe... Heck, he's not Marcin Gortat seven years ago no. when he was the Polish hammer. Right. I, I think, honestly, he's... he's lo- maybe maybe it is the NBA, but, you know, Probably whatever toast. reason it is, yeah. he's he's over 30. Uh, you know, it's this is this looks a lot like normal NBA center decline. Sure. Uh, but they've got enough pieces that if it clicks, they're really tough because they're pretty deep and yeah. they're good. Like yeah. I, I, I think they're going to come in and be a headache to play every night. Agreed. I Part of that's think... Patrick Beverly. Some of that's Avery Bradley, Luke Mbamute. And then if you get a couple guys who can score, and Tobias Harris and Danilo Gallinari, that, I like that. I, I, I don't think they're within five games of the playoffs. Within five? Year. Wow. Yeah. Because okay. like, honestly, you look at the top eight of the Western Conference, really the top ten, and I think it's just they're, they're clearly a tier better. Let's see. Did the Lakers get better? Oh! <laughs> they added kind the greatest <laughs> player of all time. That helps. Uh, they added Michael Beasley. They added Joel Berry. Good start. Isaac Bonga. JaVale McGee. Svi McKayluk, who looked really good, actually. Uh, that kid might make it. Yeah. Uh, Rajon Rondo. Lance Steven. Mo Wagner. Inarguably, they had the worst offseason, if you just look at those names. <laughs> and then you put LeBron into it, and you say, that's the best offseason, no best question. Best offseason in the league, yeah. Uh, they got way better. They yeah. absolutely yes. make the playoffs. Yes. They go from 35 wins last year to 48 to 50 wins this year. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know what to, to say. argue like, about there. Uh, they agreed. lost Thomas Bryant, They're Tyler They're going to be a very bad defensive team, uh, and they'll be a very good offense. Well. I wonder if they can get something out of Luol Deng. No. Not in a trade, but I wonder if he could play. Can he come back so. and play now that you've got LeBron? Like, Can LeBron, is his greatest, is his greatest skill set that he resurrects somebody? At some point, resurrect- no, that's like, what I'm saying. Does he do it now? Like, that's his oh, next like, miracle. <laughs> he brings Luol Deng back to life, <laughs> which is fine. I'll take that. Uh, yeah, and actually there's a weird thing where he kind of kills guys that are questionable. Like Isaiah Thomas, he just ran him out of the league. Right. If you're good, you can play next to LeBron, and if you're not, you might just get pushed out of the league totally. Yeah. It's a little bit scary. There have been a couple guys, I guess, who have extended their careers next to LeBron, like Big Z, Zdrunas uh Kyle Korver maybe a little bit. Um, maybe yeah it's not a it's not a long list yeah he's not Ray Allen I guess yeah but Ray would have been fine everywhere 
you know, uh, being a shooter. There's some skill. Yeah, that's why I would probably not even agree with you with Kyle Korver. If you can shoot, you can play. Okay. Someone will find a room for you. If you're next to an all-star, having shooting certainly helps you. Uh, all right. Lakers got <laughs> and significantly better. the Lakers don't better. have that, all, that shooting, by the way. Uh, let's uh, look at the Memphis Grizzlies, because this is really interesting. This is a team that may have gotten way better and may be back in the playoffs just because they added Mike Conley, who, when he's healthy, is a top 10 player. Top 10 point guard. Top 10 point guard, yeah, not top 10 player. Memphis Grizzlies aren't even on this list that I'm looking at. Oh, there they are. I apologize. <laughs> Here we go. In, Kyle Anderson. Interesting. Javon Carter was really good at Summer League. Omri Caspi, who... Didn't fit was at all what Golden State was doing. by Golden State. That was weird. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., who might be Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Dakari Johnson. Garrett Temple. Utah Watanabe. Which is great. Rooting for that guy. Out. Mario Chalmers. Deontay Davis, which is addition by subtraction. That guy's dumb. Tyreek Evans. They kept him. Or, uh, they added him from. No, they lost they him lost. to Indiana. These are outs. So I apologize. Uh, Mike Henry. Amari uh, uh, Johnson. Jarrell Martin. Ben McLemore. Other than losing Tyreek Evans, who they shut down for the second half of the season, hoping to trade him, or oh, they, the first half of the season, to try and trade him after the deadline, I think they got way better. Oh, they got way better. There's no question about that. They won 22 games last year. So let's say they double that. That may not be enough to make the playoffs. How many did they win two years ago? Can we look back at what they did in 2016, yeah, I think they were 2017? 50, uh, 43 win team. Yeah, that still. scares me. I don't like yeah. that. Yeah. They only won that many games? They only won 43 games. And now you've got J.B. Bickerstaff as a coach, previously discussed. Don't really like him. And Fizz is great. I think Fizz is a really good coach. Now, I know that he and uh, and Mark didn't get along at all, which is weird. Uh, And that says more to me about Marcus Hull. But maybe not. Sometimes Fizzdale could – I could see Fizzdale being a a me guy. Yeah, uh, I I don't think it hurt – that relationship hurt them that much that season. Who's better? I thought Marcus Hull. Memphis or the Clippers? Or Memphis or Denver? I would bet, oh, Denver, no question. You think Denver, no question? Yes. Hmm. Uh, and I would bet on the Clippers even over Memphis. Okay. Memphis, here's what we need to respect. Look at how much better Donovan Mitchell made the Jazz. Yes. Okay, you get a rookie who's a rookie of the year. Okay, slow down. <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr. is not going to be Donovan Mitchell. Correct. He's not going to have that kind of impact right away. Right, He's one right. of the youngest players in this draft. He's was not that impactful for the Memphis Summer League team. He had uh, his best game was the first game against Utah or uh, in Utah. Sure. Um, I don't. You know. I think he's. I like Jaron Jackson a lot. I don't think he is a plus player right away. But rookie, I'm. I'm. I might disagree with that, especially on a team that has that much. Uh, good rookies can impact you. Obviously, I mean, you know sure. that. Good rookies can help you, and I think Jaron Jackson with a reduced workload. Is smart enough and and skilled enough that he can do a lot to help them. Okay, they're gonna be. They might be a defensive nightmare when he's on the floor, with Gasol and Jaron Jackson. If he's able to do the things that he needs to do, now maybe it just doesn't fit. But they both shoot. Yeah. They both can spread the ball. I mean, they both can spread the floor around. Yeah, and spread the ball. I mean, that that's like <laughs> that's an interesting. Thing. They can do yeah. both. They can pass the ball and they can spread the floor. That's what I'm trying to say. Agreed. Uh, uh, so yeah, and then you add Mike Conley. They could win 45 games next yeah, year. Absolutely, and that's gonna put you in the conversation probably for the playoffs. You're going to be knocking on the door there. Uh, other teams here. Let's look at the Dallas Mavericks. I, I think okay. that's a stretch. They Again, their net rating was really weird last year. They should not have lost as many games as they did. And they may have added a guy who has an impact equal to or better than Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Luka Doncic let's might be better Luka's than Donovan, Donovan. Okay. They, can't, they still are not going to be a good defensive team. Here's what they added. Costas Antetokounmpo, Ryan Brokeroff, <laughs> Jalen Brunson. 
who's not looking good. Uh, Luka Doncic, DeAndre Jordan, and Ray Spaulding out. Kyle Collinsworth, Seth Curry, Yogi Ferrell, Aaron Harrison, Doug McDermott, Jonathan Motley, Nerlens Noel. They'll be better this year defensively than they were last year. Because yes. yeah. those guys are all non-defensive players. Uh, DeAndre Jordan helps. Yeah. If you added DeAndre Jordan and DeAndre Donovan Jordan. Mitchell to your offseason, that's really good. Because if we're saying Luka Doncic could have that type of impact and maybe better, I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. You don't think Luka Doncic can be that good? He was Just the best say, player not in the NBA last sure. year. Absolutely. Asking a rookie to be as good as Donovan Mitchell was last year, right? right? Like there was Donovan also, Mitchell was the best rookie in the NBA in the last but there was six also years. Maybe uh, there might have been three guys last year that were rookies that were as good as Donovan Mitchell last year, including Donovan, with Jason okay. Tatum and and Ben Simmons. Yeah, it's Ben Simmons. It's not a rookie, like you know impossible. To add guys like that who have never played in the NBA before to come in and be great. And Ben Simmons was, and Jason Tatum was, and Donovan Mitchell was. And if Luka Doncic can come in and be that guy, and you add DeAndre Jordan. It is foolhardy to expect him to be that. I'm with you. But it's possible. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not saying these teams, I'm I'm not expecting Dallas to make the playoffs next year. I don't think it's crazy that they could throw themselves in the conversation where they've got 29 wins at the trade deadline. 35 or you know 32 wins at the trade deadline and then you're okay. saying okay what do you do over the next three months what do you add if you can add anything I, I, and again good players make everyone better you know does Harrison Barnes get better because Luka Doncic comes in I mean does he start does that start to make a little bit more sense I think it does DeAndre Jordan could be really good all of a sudden does Dennis Smith Jr. get better it's fair to expect that he gets better than he was last yeah. year so I, I they are a team on the rise I like Dallas I do too uh, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs but I like I don't Dallas I think they'll be anywhere close uh and I would be surprised if they weren't anywhere close. I bet they're okay. better than 35 wins. Really? They were a 24-win team last year. Right. And again, their net rating said that was false. Where, let's see. What They had a crazy net rating. When yeah. They lost a their bunch of— Their expected win-loss, their Pythagorean, so to speak, was 33 wins. Right. So, that's, so they were that's, eight that's off good. of what they were supposed to be. So let's say lost they were a lot of, 33, a ton of close games. but you add DeAndre Jordan and you add Luka Doncic. Okay. It's like, that's awesome. That could be 40. Like, what would we have predicted the Jazz were going to win last year without Donovan Mitchell being Donovan Mitchell? 37? Yeah, I mean, I, no, I mean we were we were more positive than that. Like close to 500. We we no, we thought the Jazz, you know, what was the Jazz's over under last year? I think it was 42. Okay. That I thought that was probably a little high, honestly, and I was obviously I was wrong. Okay. You know, Donovan Mitchell was fantastic. He was unbelievable. Uh let's take a break when we come back we'll wrap up the show. He's Andy Larson, I'm Ben Anderson. This is the Salt City Hoop Show. Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Back to the analytics, opinions, and best breakdown of the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700. Andy Larson, Ben Anderson. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in so far today. No thanks to our producer uh, for choosing basketball, John. You don't like basketball, John. (laughs) You're out on basketball, John. We'll put that in the... uh... We'll write that down in the notes. <laughs> Thank you, though, Porter. Uh, any more questions we have? Uh, we want to address really quick. Uh, let's see. I I don't believe so. I have we gotten any? I Craig yeah, Irvine. I, oh, Draymond's not this, an all star without yeah, Steph or Kerr's system or the great uh, team ball they play. Jazz can do the same with the current group. Um, maybe. I mean, he was a second round draft pick for a reason. It wasn't like he was a superstar. However, sure, he's insanely talented. There are lots. You know. Manu Ginobili was a second-round pick. Paul right. Millsap was a second-round right. pick. You know, like, you just miss scouting guys in the second round sometimes, right. and that's... And some guys are fit all-stars, and some guys are talent all-stars. You know, Draymond Green is such a good fit that his talents 
show out. Yes. If Draymond Green was the second best player on your team, you're not a very good basketball team. I don't know. I think you're still pretty good. I think you're I like, still good, but you're I'm not Draymond Golden State believer. Warriors. So am I. Oh, I'm, I'm totally am. But you're not the Golden State Warriors. But he was probably the third best team on the first on one that won a championship. Right. You just you have to have scoring. You know, Draymond Green's not going to give you twenty points a game, and you've got to score twenty. You've got to have guys who can efficiently score the basketball, and Draymond can't do that. Uh, yeah, but he's an all star, and he's a Hall of Famer. Wow. Yeah, probably. He's on. He's a key piece on one of the best teams of all time, if not the best team of all time. Defensive Player of the Year award winner, multi-time All Star. What more do you want from him? Our uh, man Jefferson Sweeney loves the basketball, John. So you've got one fan. Okay. <laughs> Any other questions? No, that's it. Okay. Uh, let's take a look then uh, at who we think misses the playoffs. So let's talk about uh, Golden State and Houston are in. So there's six spots left. Okay. Uh, San Antonio. Okay. See, I feel very confident San Antonio's in. I am I'm not less saying. Confident. Okay. I. Okay. I mean, they made the playoffs last year, and then they added Demar Derozan to that group. And actually, sure. they added Jakob Pertl, and a coach that knows how to use him is going to be really good. They lost Danny Green, Tony Parker, uh, Kyle Anderson. I, how many games did Tony Parker play last year? Right, he was pretty he beat played up. Played a lot. Uh, okay. He was not their starting point guard, but I think sure. he played. He played over okay. sixty games. And they've got young guys that should get better. Dejounte Murray should be better this year than he was last year. And you got Patty Mills, who's fine. Okay, he's adequate. And then you added Demar Derozan to that. Pau Gasol will be worse. Lamarcus Aldridge will be worse. Yeah, but you added Jakob, and I, he'll be better. He's a second year. He was two years, and he was good last year. Again, yeah. he was. He was the big man on I, the best bench in the NBA last year. I was a part. They of it. should make it. I am. I am less confident. I think you've got Pop, and you've got two top twenty-five players. And I don't know if there's a formula where you've ever had the best coach in the league and two top twenty-five players that hasn't made the playoffs. Okay, Aldridge, DeRozan, I feel confident are in that conversation. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma City makes it. Jazz are probably. Here's the thing: the Jazz have a wide variance. No, they don't. In my opinion. Because they could be the third best team in the West. Okay, sure. And I don't know if San Antonio can be good enough to be the third best team in the West. Yeah. I don't think their variance is that big. Okay. But I think the Jazz are more reliant on one or two players that could drop them out of the playoffs. Oh, no. I think San Antonio is way more reliant. You talk about the two t- top 25 guys that they have? Sure. The Jazz are doing the same thing. Okay, but if Rudy Gobert drops out, you've got Derek Favors. You've got Favors, you replace right. LaMarcus Aldridge with Jakob Hurdle. Right. You're never scoring. Okay. I get that. I also think you've got Pop, and you just everything you do yeah, always seems to work. It, you're right. So that and helps. Pop deserves a ton of credit. But. Uh, and, and not the Quinn's. So it's not like Quinn doesn't know what he's doing. You know, <laughs> yeah. Quinn's one of the six best coaches in the NBA right now, so right. it's not like he's going to hurt you either there. Uh, then it comes down to, and, and I, I'm with you. I'm not trying to say the Jazz aren't in the playoffs. No, I'm I, really I not. Again, I do want to stress that there was the team that got the third seed had 49 wins, and the team that was out of the playoffs had 46 wins. Sure. It was three games. You're a bad sneeze throwing your back out of your best player yeah. from missing the playoffs Absolutely. in the Western Conference. So that's why I think there's this variance. And I think the Jazz could very easily get the third seed sure. next year. Yeah. And it wouldn't stun me at all. It's I'm not just, gonna I'm be just less high lot. on the Spurs than you are. Okay. I like the Spurs. I like Oklahoma City. I like the Jazz. Then you get New Orleans, Minnesota, Denver, the Lakers. I, Lakers are in. I'm actually going to put the Lakers right there too. No chance, okay. in my opinion, the Lakers miss the playoffs. I think unless LeBron chance. gets hurt. The pathway for me that the Lakers miss the playoffs is that they're a bottom five defensive team because they have no good defensive players, and uh, they are they can't score efficiently because they have no good shooters. But they've got good young players that should get better because that's what young players do. Sure, and they had good young players. Kuzma yeah. was was good. Now I understand there's some fear that he's Jeff Green. Uh, Lonzo, there's <laughs> questions about. I saw Lamelo Ball yesterday. That was crazy. That is crazy. Uh, in the airport, that was weird. He's big. 
He'll make the NBA. He's got NBA size already. Yeah, not I, agreed. Not physically, but he's like tall. I thought, oh, that he looks like the rest of these players too, because they have some other guys that they've clearly given you know eighteen thousand dollars to come play in Lavar's fake league. Uh, that was interesting. I, I think the Lakers are a lock to make the playoffs. You know, Rajon's good. I think good Rajon's not in the not in the regular season. Yeah, but good Rajon's good. <laughs> yeah, but you, you know, next you to LeBron, to I chance. will take good Rajon. Yeah, if that happens. Uh, yeah, and Kuzma and You're... Lonzo and Josh Hart and right, all their young players I actually like. Uh, Brandon Ingram should I be wish... better next year. I wish they played more defense. Actually, Lonzo's very good defensively, but Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, pretty iffy there. Josh Hart, I like. Uh, so I think Lakers make the playoffs. Yeah, I, 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 I like think it's Lakers. More likely they do. I don't think it's a sure thing. I like the Lakers making the playoffs more than I like Denver, Minnesota, the Clippers, and Dallas and Memphis. Agreed. So that would put them at what sixth? And again, did any we, of these teams could make it. Did you say New Orleans, Portland in there? New Orleans and Portland are also in that conversation. Who's next? Uh. New Orleans or Portland? <laughs> yeah, who's which? Which of those two? Uh, I'll go. I'll go Portland. I'll go New Orleans. Okay, because I think they've got the best player. Okay, and then I like what they did to Portland last Dame's year. Pretty good too, though. Yeah, he's very good. He's the first team All NBA. Who's the if you put their those teams together and you draft them? <laughs> this is my no. You, you yeah, unbelievable team. You put those teams together. <laughs> you put those teams together. Two of the top three picks come from New Orleans, and I think the top player comes from New Orleans. You got yeah. Anthony Davis, obviously one, Dame two. I think you go Drew Holiday, probably three over CJ McCollum. Yeah, I agree. Uh, obviously, the playoffs say New Orleans is better. Yeah, uh, but you know, again, regular season. Plus, they added that Blewett guy from the regular. <laughs> uh, and let's see what Julius Randle does. Yeah, you know, Julius Randle's not perfect on every team, but could be really good on the right team. Okay, yeah. Uh, so Portland next. I would probably take Portland still over Minnesota, over Denver, over the Clippers, over Memphis. Say that again. You would take the who? the Blazers, yes, over Denver, over the rest of them. Yeah, yes. agreed. And then okay. who's the? Then you've only got one. You've got one, one team, team left. left. And to me, it's Minnesota. You're gonna between Minnesota, Denver, the Clippers, who maybe you don't love that, Dallas and Memphis. One of the only one of those teams make the playoffs. Yep, that's a lot of good teams miss the playoffs, which yep. is why I worry about the Jazz and their variance. Because you, all those teams can play. Yeah. And one of those teams clicks magically or gets a nice trade at the deadline and gets better. There's just there's some sca- there's some fear for me there. I agree. I think it is far more likely that they are a top four team in the West and then they miss. Sure. I agree with that. Big thanks to our producer today, Porter. If you missed uh, any of the show, you just caught the end of it. Go check it out at saltcityhoops.com. Follow Andy on Twitter at Andy B. Larson. You can also read him now at sltrib.com. Yep. Or if you subscribe to the paper, that's really exciting. You have your first article? Yeah, coming Can out you tomorrow. you save it? You're the, cutting it out? I, 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 framing 